The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. be anointed to hear, and every heart receptive receive all that you have today, we pray in Jesus' name. The title of my message this morning is called, Make Room for the New. Make Room for the New. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 5. And I'm going to read from verse 36. He told them a proverb also. No one puts a patch from a new garment on an old garment, except if you buy jeans today. Obviously, how many people have patched up their their jeans and that's the latest craze? Anyway, I'll leave that alone, okay. If he does, he will both tear the new one and the patch from the new one will not match the old garment. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the fresh wineskin will burst, but the skins, it will be spilled out and the skins will be ruined or destroyed. But the new wine must be put into fresh wineskin and no one after drinking old wine immediately decides new wine for he says the old is good or better. Now, in order to make room for the new, you've got to get rid of the old. In the scripture, new contents require brand new forms. What amazed me and has amazed me is how many people will hang on to the old, even if it's broken, even if it doesn't work. They just hang on to it like they have a sentimental value for something that's old. Jesus was speaking to both the disciples and the Pharisees. And what was he talking about? The law and the gospel cannot be mixed. Are you with me? Say this after me. The law and the gospel cannot be mixed. The law is dependent on our ability to keep it, which is impossible. That's why all these Christians running around today trying to keep the law, you are making redundant the new. We live under a new covenant based upon better promises, signed and sealed by the blood of Jesus. We don't live under covenant with the blood of bulls and goats. The gospel depends only on faith in the free gift of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus did not come to patch up the old system. I'm gonna say it again. Jesus did not come to patch up the old system. He came to bring a brand new one into existence. You cannot put a patch from a new garment on an old garment. You can't come take the new creation reality and stick it on the old covenant. 
It does not work. There are many Christians running around dabbling in the Old Testament, and then you wonder why they're bound. You wonder why. Listen, because the old is not to be held by itself. It is always completed in the new. Can you say amen? In Scripture, garments represent two things. Represents character and conduct. In Colossians 3 and verse 8, he says here, he's taking off the old man. What does that mean? That means you cease to do the works of the flesh. You put on the new man operating in the fruit of the Spirit. So how is it that people are trying to live in the Spirit doing the works of the flesh? They're at war against each other. Are you with me? Jude 23 says, strive to save others, snatching them out of the fire. On others take pity, but with fear, loathing even the garments spotted by the flesh and polluted by their sensuality, because they're trying in the natural to do something that they cannot do. Somebody said, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live a holy life. I'm going to walk in victory. But if you go and look at what they're trying to apply, they're trying to take the old covenant and make it work for themselves. That's why you see here at the river, we're not into all of the feasts. We don't celebrate the feasts because we celebrate the fulfillment of what the feasts represent. So every day for us is Pentecost. Every day for us is the resurrection of Jesus. Every day for us is the Feast of Tabernacles. I mean, you could study it, but if you're still going to go try to celebrate like they did, the way they did, you will come into bondage again. There will be no anointing because God is not going to anoint something that is an old garment. The anointing is not on the old garment. The anointing is on the new garment. Are you with me? Now, this is important. The old garment is referring to what we have without faith in Jesus. It could represent the old law and the old sinful way of life. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, Our righteousness is like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So, if your righteousness, you're doing it, is as a filthy rag, why are you going to wear it? Would you allow your children to walk around with filthy rags? Hello. The first thing you do is say, come here quickly, get changed. I'm going to change those garments for you. And that's what Jesus came. He came to change those garments. But everybody's, I like that shirt. Yeah, but it's dirty. It's old. It's got holes in it. Yeah, but it's my favorite shirt. Yes, but it represents the past. It represents the old covenant. If, if I see you wearing that one more time, I'm going to rip that thing off of you. I'm going to come physically. I'm going to rip that shirt off of you. That signifies the past. When you wore that shirt, you were subject. You were a slave to sin. That represents everything of your past. It's time to throw it away and get the new. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. That means that all of our efforts, no matter how noble or well-intended, are completely inadequate and unacceptable. It is useless and 
fruitless to trust in our own good works for salvation. So you look at the world, they're all trying to do good works. I'm going to try to just do some good works. I hope the big man upstairs will have mercy on me. Well, you can see they, they're in trouble. I'll just do some good works, and I hope when I die, he'll have mercy on me. No, that's not how you work out your salvation. You get it right this side so that you know. I gave him my old tattered garments. He gave me a robe of pure white. Can you say amen? I'm feasting on manna from heaven. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Imagine you're going to go and get married, and she comes down the aisle dressed in trash. Now, I know people do that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you see on television that you just wonder how in the world. Why would people even do that? But, you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into what's taking place in the world. People have lost their minds. But we need to give, we need God. We need to, by faith, allow God to give us a brand new garment by his grace and mercy. Many people have a patchwork religion that they've made instead of trusting the Lord for the robe of salvation that he gives us by grace. And then they get proud of it. Come, come, come look here. Come look at my, I go to churches all the time and I look, you don't want to see patchwork. I walk in there, they've got this patch there, that patch here, this patch over there. They've patched all this stuff together. The one side they're lighting a candle the other side, they're blowing smoke. And I go, what are you doing? Well, you know, we worship in God. I mean, you don't worship the Lord like that. Throw all that stuff away. What's wrong with you? If you try to take Jesus' teaching and patch them onto your old way of doing things, you will only make things worse. You need a new heart, not merely a new tradition, which people say, I tell you what, I'm turning over a new leaf and I'm going to do things differently. Without a change of heart, nothing is going to change. You might talk some things, but there will be no change. In reality, it's going to be the same old, same old. You must lay down the old and put on the brand new garment that only he can give you. And that's done by faith. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Matthew 22, verses 11 to 13. But when the king came to see the guest, he saw a man who did not have on wedding garment. And he said, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him in outer darkness There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And unfortunately, that's going to be the grim reality for many people that are trying to put on a garment that cannot save you, that cannot deliver you from sin. 
It's a garment that will carry you into a lost eternity without Jesus. But I'm happy to tell you today that for every single person here, without a shadow of a doubt, that you can get rid of the old and you can grab the new and you can walk in a new reality and everything changes from the inside out. Physically, you look the same. Physically, your face might have a smile on it, but you know, you don't get a facelift. Well, you can, you know, but I'm talking about when the Lord lifts your heart, you obviously, people are going to see that burden that you were carrying is gone from you now. But in all essence, they can still see you look just like you always did. Are you with me? You don't do the things you always did. You change the way you operate, even the way you speak. You even smell differently. Are you with me? You're not hanging around the cookies and cream at all hours of the day and night. <laughs> Remember, she comes from California. All right. The wedding garment is the robe of righteousness that only God can give us. We cannot enter heaven or the presence of God without it. We need the Lord to make us a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then Galatians 5 and verse 16, 6 and verse 15. For neither is there circumcision now of any importance, nor uncircumcision, but only a new creature, the result of a new birth and a new nature in Christ Jesus the Messiah. I'm seeing people go back like they're under the old covenant. People that, you know, well, you know I'm, 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 I'm practicing Jew. Look, Jewish people need to get saved just like everybody else. Are you with me? You can't put new wine in old wineskins. Here's an interesting article that I want to read to you. And this is from a man called Baruch Moaz, an Israeli pastor of Jewish extraction. He does not believe it is wrong for Christians of Jewish cultural background to keep the feast, should they decide, although he affirms it's not necessary. At the same time, he explains why Gentile Christians should not observe the Old Testament feast or other specs aspects of the Old Testament ritual that have been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. They are the shadow. He is the reality. The Mosaic law in its moral aspects has lost none of its commanding authority. The moral aspects of the covenant are now the rule of life for those who live by grace. That is one of the reasons why English Puritans and Scottish Covenanters identified so warmly with our forefathers. While they longed and prayed for the salvation of our people and the restoration of grace, they knew themselves to be bound to our destiny by common duties they shared with us as promulgated in the Mosaic Law. Of course, the ritual aspects of the law, its symbols, hopes, and expectations all find fulfillment in Jesus. Having been fulfilled, they no longer have a religious value that they had in the past. For us Jewish Christians, they form part of our natural culture. The shadows have passed to give room for the reality, and it's not right for us to insist upon those shadows as if it was still in force today. The Mosaic religious institutions, including the sacrifices, the feast, the specific form 
of the Sabbath duty and the restrictions and requirements in terms of dress code, beards and such like are no longer abiding, nor may we exercise our liberty by living as if they were binding. It is our glad and happy duty to demonstrate by our lives, our worship and communal behavior that Messiah has come. The ritual aspects of the law, particularly the sacrifices, intimated God's method of salvation. But salvation itself was never provided by it except as it reflected the sacrifice of the Messiah. It was not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could provide a sufficient sacrifice, Hebrews 10 and 4. The promise of forgiveness made in the Torah was dependent upon the sacrifice of the Messiah and derived its strength from the ultimate sacrifice. To act now as if the Messiah came but did not affect our relationship to the law is, as I said before, to deny our lives what our mouths profess. To think that the coming Messiah did not alter the Mosaic law's relationship to us is to ignore the biblical message which declares that the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus the Messiah, John 1 and 17. Whatever else we may want to say about this passage, there's no doubt that it contrasts two periods, that of the Mosaic law with that of Jesus the Messiah. Judaism is not Jewish. If a Christian congregation occasionally reenacts aspects of the Old Testament feast for sake of a better understanding their old covenant heritage, it would be within the bounds of Christian liberty. However, such reenactments should be done with a clear conscience, awareness that they are not required of Christians, convey no spiritual benefit, and are strictly educational value. Notice the quietness now that is now going across the congregation because people tune in, they're running here, they run there, everybody's reporting something and they've all got it, oh, we found out a new way and whatever. No, you can't take the old and put it in the new. I'm gonna say it again. You cannot take the old and stick it in the new. You have to decide, I'm either gonna have the old, then you better go, do the whole thing. Circumcision, Follow everything to the T. And when you do it, you're going to come up short. <laughs> Sorry. That's just the way it came out. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? You're going to fall short of the power of God. You're going to fall short of the anointing. You'll do that which is symbolic, but there will be an emptiness there. The prophets of old would have given anything to be walking in what you and I are walking in here today. They saw the day coming. Abraham saw the day coming. Elijah, Elisha would have given anything to have lived in this hour. We're not looking back to a time period that we should long for. Oh, would to God that the Bible days would come again, the days of, of old. Even the apostles that walked with Jesus look to this day of the glorious end time church. Here we are 2,000 years later, but so many are going back to bondage again. For what reason?
lighting incense, lighting candles. For what reason? It's emptiness. And then the same people come and sit in a meeting where the presence of God is and can't receive a thing. Is this helping anybody here? Well, I saw it on TV, Pastor. That's a problem. Stop watching nonsense. I mean, in essence, you can have Feast of Tabernacles every day. We don't wait for an annual event, the annual day of Pentecost. For us, it's every day. Can you say amen? I'm going to sit and wait for next year. This whole congregation's turning to Judaism. And believe it or not, this might sound strange to you, but there's whole African-American churches that are now being converted to Judaism. And they start with, well, we're one of the lost tribes of Israel, and they're practicing everything that's old covenant. I mean, as if the African-American community hasn't gone through enough hell. Now you're taken and put back into bondage again under an old covenant that you can't even keep. When Jesus said, a new covenant, he's a testator of a new covenant. He brought a new covenant into being and given it unto you, the rights and the privileges of that new covenant. And that new covenant doesn't keep you old. It keeps you a new creature. Can you say amen? Say this after me. I'm a new creature. Really, that means a new species of being that's never existed before. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things have passed away. I'm born again. More than a conqueror, that's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. It's got nothing to do with your stupid head. Somebody said, well, pastor, my head. Shut up your head. <laughs> Say this after me. I cannot pour new wine into old wineskins. I was, uh, you know, there have been times I've been sitting by myself, I'll be flicking through the television and I watch some religious thing and I watch it, not because I'm getting anything from it, but I'm trying to work out how those people are going through all those rituals. My wife will say, what are you watching? I said, baby, look at these people. He comes and he blows smoke and then they walk and it's like, and the music is like a funeral. No wonder the people can't wait for it to end. No wonder people sit there looking at their watches, which I tell you, I just wish I could get this over and done with. No wonder people 
I don't know how they subjected themselves to that. No wonder they don't want church because the idea of church is actually not church, it's religion. You think about a nice restaurant that you go to. Think about it. We order the food. You don't go to a restaurant that talks about the food that used to be 2,000 years ago. There was a chef here. <laughs> well, can I have it? No, it's, it's not here. We just sit here, read the menu, and think about how great it would be to eat at that plate. <laughs> and basically, that's what they're doing. They dress up just like them. They move the utensils just like them. But there's nothing on the plate. You don't even get the fragrance of the food that's cooking. But when Jesus comes, because everything he did was contrary to what they want. They ate on the Sabbath. Disciples didn't wash their hands. Everything that was under the law, he broke it. He broke it. Not to be rebellious, but signifying a new way has arrived. That's why you have to find that new way. You can't put new wine into old wineskins. In Bible times, they did not have glass bottles. They made bottles out of skins, usually goat skin, sewn together, tightly forming a watertight bag. The new wine would expand inside the skin after a few days. So the new wine always had to be placed in a new supplier, uh, a supple, pliable wineskin. A fresh wineskin had the attributes of strength and elasticity. Older wineskins could not accommodate any expansion of their contents because they were already stretched out and also drier and more rigid and brittle and would burst, spilling out and wasting the wine. Somebody said, well, can an old wineskin be restored? I mean, it depends on how old it is. Are you with me? Sometimes you just have to throw the thing away and get a new wineskin. But I do know that if you take a wineskin and you soak it in water and then you rub oil and if there's no holes in it, you can probably get some more usage out of it. Are you with me? But it'll become new. Are you with me? But to get a new wineskin, the animal has to die. That's what happens when you come here to the river. The animal dies. Can you say amen? Wine is symbolic of the Spirit of God. The Pharisees were like old wineskins. That's why he brought up that parable. They were too rigid to accept Jesus. Too rigid. Oh, come on. It can't be that easy. I mean, you talk about going to the river. Those people are always happy. I mean, you can't be happy. How can you be happy like that all the time? People need to get serious about God. Well, we are serious. Do I look like I'm not serious right now? I'm very serious. I'm extremely serious. This is not a joke. I couldn't be more serious than I am right now. I'm serious about the new covenant. I'm serious about this joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm serious about this oil of gladness. I'm serious about this new wine that's available for everybody. So my job is to come around and inspect the wineskins. That's why I'll go around and pick on people. Somebody say, he's going to pick on me. Yeah, I'm going to pick on you. Why? 
because I want you to receive all that God has for you. How are you going to have what God has for you if you're hanging on to the old? I'm here to announce to you today, it's time to get rid of the old. Jesus cannot be contained by mere traditions or rules. Even some Christians today are so rigid with traditions and rules, they cannot receive what the Spirit of God wants to do in their hearts and in their churches. They can't get it. We go to church, power God hits the place, the pastor says, oh, this is wonderful. But if I have this here, we're going to have to throw everything out. I've had pastors tell me that. I went to one place. We were there for four weeks, two meetings a day, six days a week, 48 meetings. And when I'm about to leave, the pastor said, I don't even know what to preach anymore. I'm like, I've been here for 40 years, and I, I, I have nothing to say. I thought, yeah, because I come here, and all you had was old wineskins. And I took every wineskin and threw it out, and the people now have new wineskins, and you're going to have to come to realization. Well, what do I do? You need to get the new wineskin yourself, you old ugly thing. You. We're not saying that you have to have a service just like what I do, but you've got to let the Holy Spirit come and do what he wants to do. Do you think that the upper room took place because of rituals and traditions? If there were any rituals and tradition, they was blown away. A mighty rushing wind come in the place. Cloven tongues of fire fell upon each of them. What they were practicing under the old covenant suddenly was not needed anymore. The new covenant had come into force. When Jesus cried, it is finished. The veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The Holy Ghost came out of a tabernacle made with the hands of man, never again to live therein, but to come and live in your heart, my heart, so you become the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, I'll walk in them, I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. God decided to come and live in you. God himself decided to come and make his home on the inside of you. This is not a plan of man. This is a plan of heaven. I feel it. I feel it right now. I feel it just like I did when the fire came in my room at 10 minutes past two in the early hours of March the 17th. I can feel it right here. The anointing of God coming across this field, coming into your homes, touching your life. You can let go of the old. You can grab the new. But you've got to let the old wineskin go today. And you've got to grab a hold. You've got nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. Because that old wineskin, that wine has turned to vinegar. And if there's anything in there, it's vinegar. But a lot of it's already leaked out. You just walk around with this old skin. I got the skin. 
at the first church back in 1948. There was nobody there. Everybody had left the church. I just went by the building. They said they were closing up and they gave me this old wineskin and said it dated back to the 1700s. When you realize that God, what he does is new, what he does is fresh, what he does is real. When you get that new wineskin, what's on the inside of you will not be stale. It will be fresh. It'll be real. It's tangible. I'm talking about something real. Ain't no cookies and cream here on this Sunday morning. We should not allow our church programs and ministry to be structured, that we have no room for a fresh touch of the Spirit of God, a new method or a new idea, as long as it's based on the Scripture. Don't come with a new method that's not even found in the Word of God. Don't come with a new idea that's not even found in the Scripture. We should not allow what God did yesterday in our hearts to be all that he's allowed to do because that's the blockage. I tell you, the Lord did it for me. He did it like 40 years ago, God did it for me. Well, what's he done since? Well, I feel like got it all then. I got everything I needed back 40 years ago. And why has your face so long? Why so sad? We must remain pliable. Must say pliable. Humble and teachable so that he can continue to change and refine us into his image and likeness. Remember this, that God's not going to come and do everything at that moment. He will take you from glory unto glory unto glory. That's why what's happening next Sunday, what starts next Sunday, is eight days, 16 meetings of exactly that which is going to take place because God's about to do a new thing in the life of each and every person here. I don't care who you are, where you're from, where you've come from, but God's about to do a new thing, new wine that's going to be poured out for you to accomplish what God has for you. And an expansion in your wineskin. There's coming an expansion. That's what's going to happen. You're going to be able to contain more of the new wine than you've ever contained before so that you can run with what is fresh, what is new, what God is doing. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> we must always be a work in progress welcoming the life-changing work of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in our life on a daily basis. And especially if you're in the ministry, don't ever feel like you've arrived. I talk to ministers, I've been in the ministry, what, since 1980, 
That's a long, long time. And I meet other ministers. And I promise you, the best thing you can do for them is just have a funeral and bury them. They are no longer more excited about the things of God. They don't even talk about people getting saved. They don't talk about people getting healed. They don't talk about people getting delivered. They don't even talk about new things, new conquests for Jesus. It's all about their retirement. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, and yet they use this excuse. They use this excuse. We're going to step aside for the next generation. Um, I look at them. How old are you, bro? Um, 68 years old. What are, you, what are you talking about? There's ministers that have lived into their 90s. Are you telling me that God didn't save the best wine until last? Are you telling me that you're 68, you're 70 years old, you have an expiry date on your life? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? May God grab a hold of you, shake you loose from religion and tradition. May new wine come into your life today. May the Lord refresh you. May you see things with fresh excitement and a new vision to do great things for God, regardless of what's happening in the world out there. Doesn't matter what's taking place. Stop listening to the media. Stop watching the television. Stop listening to the lying people coming out of Washington, D.C. Listen to what Jesus Christ is saying to you. These works shall you do, and greater works than these shall you do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say this, I am a work in progress. I'm welcoming whatever God wants to do in my life by the power of his word and the power of his Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says, Ephesians 4, 23 and 24, be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. A fresh mental and spiritual attitude. It would be great if we could just come with, they've got those leaf blowers. You hear them on Sunday morning blowing the leaves out of the pavilion. I wish we had a leaf blower that I could blow leaves out of people's heads. <laughs> Put on the new nature, the regenerate self created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. Put it on like you do a shirt. And then don't take it off. Keep it on. Amen. You will not desire to receive the new while you hang on to the old. You won't. Which is interesting, when Elisha was following Elijah, he threw away his garment to pick up Elijah's garment. Are you with me? Because he wanted that double portion. So he took away his single portion and threw it away. Or maybe he didn't even have a portion. 
he threw it away to grab the double portion. What is this conference? What's this conference about? People tend to get comfortable and satisfied with the way things are. Whether it be life of a religious tradition, a life of good works, or a life of sin. If you're comfortable. Someone got into a fight with Pastor Shannon because he said, look, you don't go away from the river on Sunday and go sin during the week. He said, I do. Because every Sunday he wants to repent of his sin. You've got to leave that stuff behind. So he said, I do. Everybody does. Pastor Shannon said, no, I don't. We don't go from the river and go sin. So we can come to the river and get free from sin. You get free from sin and then you don't sin anymore. Some say, well, everybody does. No, everybody does not. They don't. Because then all you're doing is practicing religion. You're practicing altar call, altar call. I better go forward and repent of my sin. Because God knows I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go right back to sinning again. Because that's what I do. Father, Jesus, come on my heart, forgive me of my sin. Off they go, right outside. Carry on sinning. What? Come on. You don't have to sin anymore. You don't have to sin anymore. Don't fight with Pastor Shannon. He's trying to help you. Pastor Shannon will tell you, he he used to be a, a sinner. Were you a sinner? Huh? You were fighting for a first class seat to hell. He just told me. And then when Jesus saved you, did you give up all that stuff? You don't even identify with that stuff. It's not even your life anymore. How many in this field here today, you were fighting for a first class seat to hell, but the Lord came and saved you, redeemed you, and set you free? So people find change uncomfortable, even scary or painful. And there's a saying, the people will usually not change until the pain of remaining the same becomes greater than the pain of change. So it is painful to change, but when you get desperate, you don't care about that anymore. I'm going to change. I'm done with this now. I am done. I am desperate. I am done and dusted. I'm over this. I'm never going back to that. The Bible talks about a dog returning back to its own vomit. Listen, have you ever seen a dog vomit something up, go back and eat it again? We are not dogs returning to vomit. We run from sin. We flee from sin. We don't even have the smell of sin. Sin stain is no longer on our garments. The blood of Jesus washes us clean. The blood of Jesus keeps us pure. 
The blood of Jesus keeps us holy. The blood of Jesus surrounds us and protects us. So Jesus didn't come to patch up an old way of life. He came to give you a brand new one. Brand new. Everybody say brand new. We have to be prepared to give up the old and the familiar to step into the new. Yeah. Somebody said, Pastor, since I came to the river, everything's like unfamiliar to me. The church I grew up in didn't do anything like what you people do here. People sing for an hour. A whole service was an hour. The message of the gospel will always remain new because it must be accepted and applied in every generation so that it will be fresh. If I'm coming to another generation, am I going to bring the stale? And I'm going to bring the old. Well, I'll tell you what, I just wanted to tell you, you need to give your life to the Lord. I've been serving God for many years now. And you'll find that serving the Lord is a hard life and a price to pay. And when you make a decision to serve God, the devil will really come after you, and you're going to have a hell of a time. You laugh, that's what they do. That's what they tell the people. But when you serve God, the devil's going to have a hell of a time. You're going to have a heavenly time. Can you say amen? amen? That's why when Jesus touched people, they went walking and leaping and praising God. You come to church, you're going to be walking and leaping coming in here. When you leave, you're going to be walking and leaping, leaving this place to go to a lost and dying world. As followers of Jesus, we must be prepared for new ways to live, new ways to look at people, and new ways to serve God. Can you say amen? Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Let me close with this. I went to a, a great church thousands of people. They were very rigid. The service was very structured. I was given a limited time to preach and minister. I had to watch a clock. I basically had 35 minutes from the time I got up. That was including doing the offering for them. The church had been going for many years. And I remember after a week of meetings, I got up to the green room and I was sitting with the pastor and the pastor looked at me and said, what should I change? Tell me what I should change. And I looked at him and I knew that he couldn't change one thing. It, it's impossible because it's not in him to change anything. He wouldn't be able to because of the rigid manner in which the structure is laid out. And I looked at him and said, Pastor, if I was you, I wouldn't change one thing. Somebody said, what are you talking about? 
at his age and the length of that ministry be going on, it's impossible to change. And not that God doesn't use them and God can't use them in the framework of what they're doing. But he looked at me and said, what would you change? I mean, if it was me, I'd change everything. You know, during the worship, smoke is coming from the machines. That's to be the first thing that disappears, smoke. <laughs> during the worship, everything's dark. I turn the lights on because I don't work nightclubs. Are you with me? I would take the clock. I would fling it as far as I could fling it. It's not about having a long service. It's about having God do what he wants to do. Listen, that's why this is called the main event. Because many people will not, they won't be back till next Sunday. Sunday morning is the main event. That's why we do it all here. That we know we're doing everything that we need to do to carry you the next seven days between now and next Sunday morning. Obviously, we have the stand going, but that's for a different purpose. Are you with me? And then we'll have our conferences as we are having one next week, which is a time of saturation, morning and night for eight days. I promise you, whoever says, bless God, Pastor, I realize now that my skin has got old. I'm sitting with an old wineskin. I didn't realize it, but since you've been preaching it, and I allowed other people to start messing with my skin, and, I'm, and, and they were putting vinegar in, and I don't know what all, because some people run here and they run everywhere. These people going to five different churches at the same time. They dabble here, they dabble there, they dabble everywhere. And they're watching five different things on, on YouTube and whatever. No wonder they're so confused. People send me stuff all the time, say, watch this. I said, I don't want to even expose my spirit to it. I'm not going to watch it. Somebody said there was this prophetic word. I look, I, I, I don't even watch it. I'm not even interested. I'm not even interested. I don't even want that into my spirit. Are you with me? Somebody said, you mean you don't want to listen to what God's doing with other people? No, that's not the case. I'm just very protective of what I allow to come into my spirit man. Can you say amen? Listen to what I'm telling you. If you run around every place, getting a little bit here, a little bit here, you'll end up being schizophrenic. You won't even know what you're believing. You go over here, they tell you this. You go over there, they tell you that. And then they say, don't do this, don't do that. Eventually, you don't know what to do, and you just raise your hand and shout amen, but you think, oh my God, this total confusion has come my way. That's why it's important. That's why it's very important. One place to tell you God doesn't heal today. Well, if you're fine and you're not sick, then, it, you know, if God doesn't heal today, I'm, I don't need healing. But when you're sick, God doesn't heal today. Crap. <laughs> well, God does everything he said he would do. Amen. God does everything Amen. he said he would do. Let me close with this. Someone said to me, how do you stay fresh like you do after all these years in the ministry? Because I meet ministers that have been in the ministry shorter than I have been, and they like done. I tell my wife, that person is finished, man. They just need to have a funeral. 
and bury them. I mean, look at him. He's expired a long time ago. No wonder the church is dead. They say, how do you stay fresh? How do you stay excited? With new wine, it's impossible to get bored. Are you with me? It's impossible to get stale with new wine. If you're a custodian of your own wineskin, then look after it. Stay fresh. Stay fresh. Stay fresh. Stay under the anointing. Stay under the presence of God. Stay fresh. Stay fresh. Stay fresh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want everybody to bow your heads. Today is the day to get rid of the old. I'm going to give invitation this morning for people that are here that have never given their life to the Lord and those that want to recommit their life. But I want to talk to the, the older Christians. Been in the way for a long, long time. And I want to talk to you just for a moment when I give the call. Will you give up the old? God's got so much He wants to do with you. God has so much He wants to do through you. Your life's not done yet, it's not over. God's plan. He always saves the best wine until last. Will you get rid of the old today and grab a hold of the new? For you that are watching by way of television, there'll be a number on the screen as we give people an opportunity here to accept the Lord and surrender their life. You can call that number. There'll be people that'll be standing by to pray with you and for you. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're in this field today or you're watching by way of television and you fit in any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you. If you were here today or you're watching by television and you say, Pastor, if I die today, I don't even know where I'm going. But today I would like to make Jesus Lord of my life. I don't want religion. I don't want tradition. I want Jesus. I want the reality of the new creation in my life. Will you surrender to him? Will you say, Lord, come? He said, I will take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will I put within you. That's what we talk about every Sunday here at the river. Will you allow God to do that in your life? Maybe you've come on this field or you're watching by television. You say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord in days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. 
I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I've lost my first love, that peace, that joy that I once had. There was a time when I was radically on fire for God. But I just go through the motions. I want to come back to my first love. He's calling you. He's calling you. He says, come. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come. He loves you. Maybe it's a hidden thing, pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clunk the heart of man. Maybe it's something outward that all can see and the devil uses against you to keep you in a place of guilt and condemnation. You say, Lord, I'm coming home today for the first time. Maybe you sit here today, you're watching my television, you say, Pastor, a storm came against my life like a hurricane from hell, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that shook my world to the core. But today, I want to come back. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Can he do it for me? Can he do it for me? Yes, he can. And then maybe you hear, yeah, you say, Pastor, I love the Lord with all my heart, but I'm not, I don't have that assurance. I don't know that I know that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God, but I want to know. I speak not only to those on the field here today, but I speak to those watching my television. If this is you, right where you are, quickly, put your hand up and say, pray for me. I need Jesus right at the back, another hand, another hand, another hand right at the back, another hand at the back, another hand over there. Slip it up high and say, yes, yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. Another hand on the side. He calls you today. Another hand over here. God bless you. Anybody else? Just raise up high. Yes, God bless you. You that are watching in your home, just slip your hand up. Somebody said, nobody can see me. The Lord sees you right where you are. I want everybody to look at me now. Just put your hands down. If you're on this field, we'll pick on this side here. Right now, all the way through the back. If you didn't raise hand but want to be included, put your hand up right down say, include me. Thank you. This middle section, you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, just put your hand up right now say, yes, include me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And this could be in relationship to what I preached about today, that old wineskin or the new wineskin. Come on. You can't imagine how you're going to look with a new wineskin. Then on the far side, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, put that hand up. Now, say, include me. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. I want everyone that raised your hand to stand your feet right now all across the field. Stand right now. In your homes, just stand. Just stand. I'm going to ask you to bring your personal belongings and make your way down the aisle and come stand right here. We're going to pray together. Come right now. Come. The Lord is calling you. To follow Jesus. I have decided. I have decided. I have decided. 
to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. things that I've realized and we tell people this everywhere when you come forward like this and you pray a prayer surrendering your life to the Lord that means when you go from this place there needs to be because when there's a change of heart that means there's certain associations that you're not going to be involved in anymore some say but I can't help it no you have to draw a line in the sand We've had people that have been saved coming out of the mafia, which the penalty is death, and they walk away. They said, look, you can kill me, but I'm walking out of this lifestyle. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I can tell you many testimonies of people that come out of a gang, a drug culture, and they just made a decision, I'm walking away. Because if you don't, it sucks you back in again. That's why we encourage people, come and be a part of what's happening at the river. Come and get activated. We'll even give you scholarships if you want to come to River University. Come and let God use you. Because the devil always finds work for idle hands or hands that are involved in things that they shouldn't be. But when your hand gets set to the plow and you begin to do what God calls you to do, suddenly you don't want to do those other things because your joy, enjoyment comes from the new life. Your enjoyment doesn't come from the old life because the old life didn't give you any enjoyment anyway. The old life left you empty at the end of the day. But the new life in Christ Jesus fills you up to overflowing. And especially when God begins to use you. When the Lord begins to use you to turn, see your family turn around, to see your loved ones turn around, how many would like that to happen? So we're going to pray. 
And when we pray, you, if you mean business with God, God means business with you. And I can tell you, I've been doing this for 42 years in 85 countries of the world. And every place I go, people come up to me to tell me it was this day on such and such a month, such and such a day, I came forward and, and I prayed a prayer. And now let me tell you what the Lord's done with me. So if God can do it with them and they know different from you, they came the same way. They came and prayed the same prayer, but God totally transformed their life and turned the whole thing around that the people that knew them before couldn't even recognize them. Everything about them was different. And God brought about transformation to their family and in every realm. So let's pray. If you mean business with God, God means business with you and you that are watching in your homes, pray this prayer together. Close your eyes, raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And pray this together with me right now. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith, in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus. I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now just lift those hands right now. Now, Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit. That we take off the old and we put on the new in Jesus' name. If any man be in Christ, he's become a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Every bondage, every addiction to drugs, alcohol, and anything in between is broken off of your life from this very moment. In the name of Jesus. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.